Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. With Capella University's FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines, learn at your pace, and access most coursework from anywhere at any time. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. I was an only child with Cathy. That's me. And me, Rachel Mason, where we speak to other siblings about the dynamic of their relationship so we can see where we're going wrong. This week, we're talking to comedian Kiri Pritchard-McLean and her older brothers, Ali and Kyle. This is an extraordinary chat, but be aware that there are discussions of abuse, so if you'd rather not hear that, then please listen to one of our other episodes. We won't go on too much as this episode speaks for itself. Who's the funniest? Mm, I guess it's got to be Kiri, hasn't it, as she gets paid for it, right? I mean, it's a pretty easy answer, I would have thought, right? I think I'm the funniest, but only because I have honed it. I think that you're both funny in different ways. Uh, but I have just built the muscle up. I would say that maybe a get-out would be Dad, but he's un- un- unintentionally funny. Yeah, know, that's just, a laugh at rather than uh, yeah, yeah. laugh like, with. Oh, my God, did he just say that? Um, yeah. yeah, he probably yeah. did. Yeah. When you said, um, which is the funniest, even though I know what you're asking, because I am obsessed with this podcast and listen to it all the time, my first thought was dad, was to say dad, even though he wasn't in the... Because he is, yes, he is unintentionally funny, but also he can be very deliberately funny as well. And he also tells a good story, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And like, but bullshit. None of it is true. None of it's true. Uh, no. Apart from him being in some somewhere, the rest of it is just made up. <laughs> really? So what sort of... A, can you give us an example? Oh yes, well, uh, well. Have we got the statutes other... of limitations. Because <laughs> the other thing is, him and Mum have had a pretty low-key, incredible life. Not like a, like the Bransons have incredible lives, but like they have like worked very hard in very unusual circumstances, and they're both quite unusual personalities. So there's lots of folklore with my parents, and then you have to filter it through Mum to find yeah. out what's true. And sometimes the thing that you think isn't true, like. Mum being a fugitive in the Welsh hills for 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 injuring a man and breaking his gun, and Mum <laughs> dispatching a whole rugby team with a tire iron are the things that end up being fight. true. Yeah, yeah, because Dad had started a fight, and they those are the things that end up being true, and those are the things that, that seem the most far fetched. <laughs> Tell us about your family dynamic, Ooh. Kyle. Do you want to start? Um. Yeah, I guess there, there there was quite a bit of humour, but it was normally why is Kiri hiding her face? Um, but the, yeah, there, there's there was a, a fair bit of humour, I think. But um, being honest, there was also like uh, wanting to get out of the house as often as possible because they used to fight a lot, um, and that used to spill over quite a bit. You know, like um, it feels like they argued all the time, 
to me anyway uh, that that's what it felt like so a lot of the time i was forever sort of disappearing somewhere um alistair would uh, in my memory would lock himself away in the granary or or, or somewhere um i don't know like i don't know about kiri really um maybe i she i normally dragged her along with me a lot of the times um but yeah, um, I think it was more in the evenings and stuff. And I guess um, I remember a lot of humour um, around sort of meals and stuff. I felt that that was quite a big thing in our family to kind of sit. That there was that was a definitely one constant was that we all sat down and ate. Uh, a dinner a day at least like, yeah, dinner a day um but <laughs> you see my dad it's more than that <laughs> yeah yeah but no like you know uh, your evening meal or whatever that was always sort of done together generally sitting around a table until dad like jesus christ it's seven thirty. coronation <laughs> street is on or something like that and would just drop everything except his plate and uh and then disappear you know to yeah to see that basically which was also i found kind of weird um maybe this is sounds a bit sexist but but most Mum never watched any of the soaps or any of the dramas, and Dad did. You know, Dad. <laughs> what was she doing? Um, well, she working. <laughs> working, yeah, basically yeah. wheelbarrowing something or or or, or tutting at him or, or she <laughs> she generally she didn't watch TV, although I guess because of the idiot's lantern, as she called it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Although um, she would, she was in the living room, but I think we all were basically. So I mean, there's no, there was nowhere else. <laughs> to go basically so um yeah that that's sort of my recollection anyway i i would say um i totally agree with kyle that all the all the laughter and chat and dad holding court and and everyone getting their turn actually is all in my memory is always sat around a table at meal times but i would say i think what kyle is sort of dancing around as well um about them arguing is definitely a really prominent memory of my childhood but a thing to say early doors is Alistair is nine years older than me, Kyle is seven years older than me, and they both moved out when they were young. Well, you know, 16 and 18. So from I think we had slightly different childhoods because mm. I was raised with brothers until nine and then I became an only child except for Christmas, um, basically, and, and holidays. So I think we had... And also my brothers were raised where my parents had absolutely no definitely in poverty when oh, how yeah. you guys are raised yeah um mum tried to give the boys away because oh, ali wow. was in a cot and turning blue because there was no heating where they were and and then in the meantime by the time i came along was like four or whatever i i went to a private school so we have had although we're, we're very close i think brothers and sisters we've had completely different childhoods i think yeah i'd agree with that yeah did that make alistair and kyle were you jealous or did you have any jealous feelings towards Kiri because she had a very different childhood? Uh, Ali, you go first. I didn't. I would say that because um, it was just one of those things. I mean, um, if we go back to when my parents lived in um, Brand Green in Gloucester, which is uh, Kiri was born there, really, weren't you? Before yeah. we just just before we moved up, so basically her her very early years were, were on Ang- Anglesey. Um, going back, we were. We were poor as beans, you know, but we never went hungry. Um, what they've said before about, you know, the raised voices and the rest of it, that's just the way they've, since I've ever known, they've always communicated. And it's really weird because, you know, in the, in that same afternoon or that same evening, they'd be really affectionate towards each other and it's, it's like a complete sort of disconnect. Um, I've never seen them, because, I mean, they've, they've got really, really angry with each other, but I've never seen one of them raise raise a hand to the other one 
No, no, he's putting hands towards us, but no, yeah. definitely, not definitely, each other. Yeah. This is a really dark memory. I don't think you boys were even home then. I remember mum and dad having one of their arguments. So all, my abiding memory of arguing was nearly all... They're quite almost Mediterranean in that they yell at each other a lot anyway. Mm. It's a lot of big voices. So, yeah, they definitely argued a lot because they're both quite... They, they, they're both quite stubborn. They both don't take things lying down, and they just communicate by yelling. Uh, um, and there's not actually an, much malice in it. However, I do remember serious arguments being about money. The whole, the the yeah. overriding theme of my childhood is money, 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 and just us really struggling for it. I have a distinct memory, and I don't think you boys were living at home there, where mum packed a suitcase and she came down. This is so dark. I would never do this to my child. She had a jewellery box and she said, pick something from there I want the, and that's what you're going to have to remember me by. <gasps> and she and she walked out and she left and she went for a couple of days. And, uh, and I remember I got these um, earrings and then I remember she came back, but I remember going to a party in, in Benchlech, a little village near us in like a community hall, and I was wearing the earrings and I lost one and I was so scared and upset because I th thought this is my thing to remember my mum even though she was back in the house but it's a big thing for a little kid to, to deal with I don't I think that that's my parents lack of um they're not particularly emotionally articulate so I think that they would sometimes I, I don't I don't feel we were active pawns in it but I think that was that was aimed at my dad and not aimed at me and they um, didn't she didn't realize the impact that that was... Yeah, they're very much in their own world by the yes, sounds of it. Yes, I don't think it was as blase. It, it was like she just didn't stop to consider. Yeah. And, yeah, that is a really... I, I remember exactly where I was standing in the kitchen. I even remember, like, which lights were on when she said that. Do you remember her coming back and what she said? Did she apologise? No, 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 because they are not... <laughs> that's so... Please, please. A lot of laughs to that. Really? No, she just came. They, do you know what they're so bad for? Like no post mortems, which is part why I don't oh, think. Right. Which is why they have the same six arguments over and over again. So yeah. nothing. I don't feel like much stuff is ever resolved. It's yeah. just it's not mentioned again. Is that is that fair, boys? Yeah, That's yeah, pretty much. pretty much. Yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to know actually how much of it's down to their own up, upbringings. You know, oh yeah. I like yeah. mum didn't get on with uh, necessarily with her parents, not in a bad way, but. Um, like, Grandma wanted a little girl that would wear tutus and that isn't mum to a T. There's a photo of her in the garden, you know, <laughs> like a tutu dressed up as a ballerina. I would imagine she's six, maybe, and the look of disgust on her face. <laughs> I get that. And, like, and she, it, she remembers it vividly. I like, hated wearing it. It's not who I was. And, like, mm. she, you know, went and worked at a, a delivery, wasn't it, so she could ride horses and all this sort of stuff. She was very yeah. to tomboyish. And then, like, Dad's whole family thing's weird to the nth degree. You know, yeah. and he's obviously got a recollection. He's obviously got what he was told by nine. And then his other biological family's got a different memory. So, so to give the family history, yeah. my yeah. father is one of six. Um, not all around now. Um, so, yeah, biological brothers and sisters. Uh, then his, his biological mother got very sick when he was a baby. So his biological auntie had him as a baby and then depending on which which part of the family you uh, listen to our nine which is our grandma our biological and great auntie though um mm. uh, so our nine brought him back to her sister and she was like oh just have him and, and nine says she gave him away like it was giving is it an old coat or an old pair of shoes yeah, that was it. yeah. she had no 
Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the other side of the family have always said to me, um, oh no, she she didn't want to give him her way. It's that that your nine would keep coming over and it was confusing him and it was upsetting him and eventually my our biological grandfather was like, this isn't fair to the child. You have to make a decision either way. But she then had another child um, who stayed in the family. So my dad has huge, like, rejection issues, definitely. Mm. And this very mm. confusing thing of they weren't his cousins. He knew they were his brothers and sisters and he'd yeah. go and spend holidays with them and had a real, you know, affection towards his biological mother but was raised by his, you know... Do you remember he used to always say, um, my real mum, and, and it was our mum who went... No, no, your real mum is who brought you up. Yeah, yeah. I remember he used to always call what would be our mum gi, well, yeah, my real yeah. mum. And my mum was like, no, 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 nine is your real mum. Like, she's, yeah, she's the one the who was there. fed and clothed you, yeah. So yeah. do you think with all that background, it was important for your parents to keep you close? You know, the dinners every day. Were they, was family really important to them? I've got some theories, and then I'll let someone else speak. Um, I don't... Do you know what I think my parents... I, I remember saying to mum and dad when I was little... I, I said, I don't want to be like you because I love my big brother so much. And I said, I don't want to be like you because my mum doesn't have really anything to do with her brother who, again, my brother was, uh, sorry, uh, so my uncle, my mum's brother, was adopted into the family and was very sick as a child. So he was in like an iron lung for most of his childhood. So mum says, well, it's different. She was like, I wasn't brought up with my brother. He was sick all the time. Your father wasn't really brought up with his thing. She was like, it won't end up like that. And I was like, I'm so scared that I won't speak to my brothers that I, I was scared of having their life. So I don't actually think it was that deliberate i i think more than them wanting family to be important my our parents are both odd i now realize and quite antisocial and they sort of plow their own furrow and i think they saw it as us five against the world yeah like that's what i picked up they, they lived yeah. in the village for like 30 odd years and that they were like liked by everyone but i wouldn't say they were friends with anyone in the village everyone knows them and everyone's known them for years and you know would do anything for them but you couldn't be like oh that's my dad's best friend or my i i don't think either of them have a best friend is that fair you are you can use the um the Denby uh, example. So my, my dad, I mean, this is another strange thing. Is In his youth, my dad was in a band. Um, he, he obviously works his lyrical about he's on a record somewhere for bands that played in the cavern because they played in the cavern once. Mersey Beats, Volume 2. And there we go. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> available at all good record shops. Um, <laughs> and then he went and met up with all of his sort of uh, bandmates, was it two, three years ago? Mm. And then met up with them, and it was like, my mum had said, oh, you should meet up, it'd be good to catch up with them and all this sort of stuff. And then they were like, yeah, we'll have to do this again. And he never did. He just, no. that was it. And then whenever you mention it, he'd be like, oh, it's too late now, or it's too late, it's too late. And one of those bones of contention with his own family is like, oh, well, they never ring me, but he won't ring them either. Mm. And it's it's a real sort of war, war of attrition, like who's going to be more stubborn than the other? Yeah. So if I can raise a hand, yes, I, I, yeah, I basically just want to uh, kind of answer what you asked uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, earlier on, basically. Um, so you were saying, did you know? I think you asked Alistair, you know, did he have sort of any resentment about Kiri going to uh, private school? I don't think I, I did either. However, I I wouldn't say that she got away scot free. Uh, and by that, you know, I mean Kiri sort of alluded to sort of the money or lack of that we had in our in our house. So I mean, I've always had a chip on my shoulder. So I'm very similar to my dad. You know, any anything to kind of you know rile me up, and, and I'm there. And I felt that. Um, 
Um, so, for example, uh, an example of like how poor we were, Alistair will attest to this. Um, we used to have uh, when like wellies for the farm, you know. Um, so, mum then basically when they were leaking and they were no good, she cut them down. So we have to wear those to school. So cut oh, down wellies. Right. Uh, that doesn't seem like a small thing, but when you're in secondary school, no, it's yeah. terrible. And, terrible. And, and they weren't even cut the same height either. And then, yeah. To, yeah, yeah. but to put she a invented bit, the crock basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and to put a bit That's of huge. To, to put a bit of flare on it, she she put like the little tag on the back of it. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, um, oh. and then so then we used to have to go to. Uh, you know, go out wearing those things. And then I refused to wear, wear, wear them once. Um, so I got I got the good news off, I think, mum or dad for that. Like, you know, your mum's... Uh, no, it must have been dad. Your mum's your mum's done all this hard work to give you a pair of shoes and you won't wear them etc and it was like literally two minutes with a pair of with a pair of sheep shears <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and then because um, Ali we used to go to sometimes to the youth club at the, at the school yeah. close by uh, the, the primary school and uh, yeah I used to have to go down there in these wellies I'd go on out shoes to <laughs> to to play to play football I don't know if I've ever really said this to Kiri but it was when I moved away and, and sort of when I started travelling a lot and um you know, she mentions that, you know, only really saw us at Christmas and stuff, you know, so what I, in my head, even though I wasn't really earning much money because I was uh, an apprentice, I wanted to make sure that she wasn't in the same situation that I was. And so she didn't kind of have that same kind of sort of bullying. And I guess, you know, while she was at a private school, I'm I'm sure compared to everybody else, she was the poor one. So, yeah. uh, so for example, you know when I uh, when I go dis- disappear for two years, sort of travelling around, I would always send stuff back that I knew um, that nobody else would have. Nobody would have, you know, a, 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 a shirt from sort of Byron Bay Surf Shack or, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, there was a lot of stuff like that. Or like at Christmas, I remember I bought her like. Um, like a little tape, a mini hi-fi kind of stuff. That. Yeah, so just little things like that so that, you know, she wasn't kind of scratching about as much, maybe. I, I hadn't got... I wasn't in the situation where I could give her money until I, I started, you know, really earning, which was about 19 or 20. That was kind of my way of, in my head, trying to rebalance. And I'm not saying that's the answer to throw money at, but I just mm-hmm. felt for me... Because me and Ali are also quite different, as in... Can I say this, Ali? That I was more... So in, yeah, all right, mate, all right. Yeah, the, <laughs> Come the, on. That the, the I was more uh, in the in-group per se, as it were. You mm. know, I was uh, I was more sociable than Alistair. You know, he'd got his friends, don't get me wrong, but, you know, but with that came all the... Oh look, you got you got the crap jeans. You don't have the the, the sports top. You don't have this. You don't have that. So that that kind of came around for me really. Whereas Alistair, that I don't think that stuff ever really bothered him. I mean, I don't think it does now to be honest. Like hence the purple jumper. Uh, no, that's a lovely jumper. <laughs> I remember Mum telling me that, or maybe Dad, one of them if not both of them, told me that you resented me for going to private school. Me? Yeah, that you you resented... So that's what, yeah. I I think it was... I think they said something like you took it as them saying that you weren't clever enough to go and that therefore you resented me. And But I do... Do you know what? That's weird. I do remember those presents thing. I remember saying... I remember saying to someone in my primary school 
when they were talking about their brothers and sisters. And so I must have been about 11 now, so I'd been on sort of my own for a couple of years. And I was sort of going, I said, it's weird, they are my brothers. I said, but it's like more like uncles because the age gap is so vast when you're young. Mm. So there's just two like adult men and I was still in primary school. And I said, but what's really cool is they're in at Christmas, they're in competition to get me the best presents. So I get, I do get loads, I get really spoiled, yeah. but it was always by you two over, over mum yeah. and dad. Um, I would just say, like, just uh, what what Mum said. Yeah, that's definitely not true. But uh, because one of my sort of uh, chips on my shoulder is, um, I, I it was forever told, oh, oh you know, li- it, the quote was, you know, education's clearly not your thing, son. Get a trade. You know, nobody can take it away from you because that's all you'll be able to do. Yeah. So so then I went away um, and then, you know, when I was uh, working away in London and living on my own, you know, I used to call up mum um, and it was really the first time she'd kind of talked to me more than a sentence or two. And it was always, oh, it was so nice. I saw so and so in the village. And I was telling them how I'm finally proud of you because you're out working, etc. And, you know, and then there were little things like where I'd started uh, training and started doing uh, running and stuff. And then it was dad was, oh, you know, oh, you can't run, son. You know, that's your brother. Your brother's the runner, blah, blah, blah. So then I, uh, you know, so then I had to take that as far as I could, which was sort of a marathon, you know. And then I think that's also why in a roundabout way I probably went um you know, we we'd been that I'd been estranged to the family during this period. Um, why I'd also decided to go to university, and the sole drive for me was to prove that uh, you know mm. not only could I get a degree, that I'd get the best degree in the family. Which mm-hmm. I sorry guys, but I did. <laughs> um, so there were little things like that. Like so, I, I guess a lot of my motivations came from you know chip on my shoulder, or, or basically being told that I couldn't or shouldn't do something because I wasn't sort of good enough for it there was always that kind of battle between me and my father I felt maybe because we were too similar or I was too similar to him so you know he didn't like a what a lot of what he he saw um and it was only sort of years later where I'd gone to see uh, his brother he goes oh I rem- remember your dad saying oh you know I do worry that I'm too tough on him that you know uh, I- I'm too physical with him and stuff and uh, that 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 broke my heart like uh, I was with uh, an ex-partner at the time and I went home and I was in tears because for me, it was like, you know, it's kind of that I wanted some kind of recognition out of him rather than just to be hit for being uh, a bastard llawchwith, which is a left-handed bastard, um, mm-hmm. and uh, just be told all the things I couldn't and shouldn't do, and I, I had to hear that from his brother. Al, I, I, don't, I don't deny that any of this went on, but my feeling was that you were the favourite by far. and like Who, the Kyle? Kyle and the yeah. the oh. prodigal son oh, yeah. is what what I yeah. what I used to call you because you would you'd come home you and could then there do would do no sh- wrong yeah that's exactly my perception of it is you'd come home there'd be a fight over something between you and dad or you and mum you would leave and all they would do is talk about how much they missed you and also the air would change when they knew you were coming home so I was like I should be the favourite but Kyle is the favourite. <laughs> And, wow. and it, puts, it puts their backs up now because I, when I say to dad, well, he's still the favourite. Dad, oh no, I treated you all equally. I'm like, no, bullshit. He but how no, can you have such different different perspectives? Because Kyle, we're on the outside looking in, yeah. and he's on the inside looking out. So and it's not to say that that stuff to, didn't happen. No, as well. not at all. Mm. Going back to Kyle's example, you know, I've seen facets of that because dad from day one has always been with me. Get a trade. We always need tradesmen. All these people going to university and they're still working in Curry's or Dixon's when it used to exist. Um, 
and like he always pushed for that so when i i went to university and i think i lasted four weeks i was back home <laughs> within the week well i just i basically went on a course i was like i need to get on a course so i just went on any old course I was like, i don't want to do this for three years um, and then came back home and then he's like, well, you're not sitting around here doing nothing. So I ended up getting a job working in Butlins in Patelli, which was, yeah. And I went back at Christmas to work over Christmas there. Well, who goes to Patelli at Christmas? And it was still a, it was still a dry county then. So the, oh, my the ca- God. Uh, yeah. Wow. Was it? The, the, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was yeah, a dry really county. So, but they had a licence for a bar on the site that served... Wow. On a Sunday, so all these buses would come out of Patelli, <laughs> stop, drop loads of people off. Oh my so god! They have a drink. It was absolute bedlam. I remember slight change, but it used to work. It was six days a week, and you're like, it was it was all right money, and then they took money off your food and your accommodation, so you were like working for like equivalent of ten pound a day. It was absolutely brutal. But yeah, um, mum's always been like, get an education, get an education, never take that away from you. Dad's always like. Get a trade, get a trade, whether it's spanners or plumbing or whatever, because they'll always, you'll always need a plumber, you'll always need a, you know, a brickie, you always need this. Mm. So, so Ali, you're you're saying you had the same from your dad, but Kyle, you obviously, why why was it so? Did it feel so different for you? Um, I think, um, okay, I think generally, um, yeah, Ali was undoubtedly, and obviously Kiri, a younger age, at that age, um, were smarter, 100%. I think, um, being honest, I did sort of uh, mature, my brain matured a lot later than I did, let's put it that way. Um, Mm -hmm. So um, what I remember, you see, is, is, you know, if there was, like, something to do on the cars, then I was the one that used to have to do it with him, yeah? Um, Like, if it was a farm work, we all kind of did that, but anything mechanical... Or unless it was lifting bricks or something really heavy, then Alistair was called in. But if it was mechanical, then it was always me. And I'm left-handed. And this used and, and the irony is this used to frustrate him so much. I, I remember one 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 time in particular. I think it was it was one of Kiri's actually, like one of her first cars. She had um, one of those upside-down skips, the two CVs. You remember Kiri? <laughs> yeah, I love my two CVs. Uh, and, yes. and basically, they're not a massive engine, but I was 14 at the time. So me and dad basically changed an engine in a day. So he lifted the old one out and lifted the other one in. It was just me and him, one on each side. And then just like hit me with a, with an adjustable spanner and he was laughing while he did it. And then this is uh, like, this is for me when kind of the dynamic started to change a bit where I went from kind of um, almost idolizing my dad and sort of kind of, you know, like hanging off every word to kind of viewing him quite differently. And then, you know, I I was saying to Kiri the other day that like all from, you know, from secondary school, all I remember is wanting to leave home, wanting to leave home. And um, and then obviously the apprenticeship came about, you know, and I, I basically went down to London for an interview on a, on a Wednesday. And then the following Thursday I was in London working. Were you 16 at the time? Yeah, but only uh, just turned sixteen. Oh yeah, only just turned sixteen, and you know I didn't know anybody. We got no family in London or anything like that, so I was basically sort of dumped. Not dumped. That that sounds wrong, but I was basically, basically on my own, you know. And then you know, and uh, I was at that time, so I think it was nineteen ninety six, and I was earning a hundred pound a week in London. Like, so if you can kind of roll that back, it's not a lot of money. And then, you know, I was at a place where I did the, did the, the sort of sum and, and after I'd paid rent, I had 20 pound a week to basically feed myself and anything else kind of stuff. 
But what's your relationship with Alistair? So, Alistair, how... Because you two haven't really spoken about your relationship. Alistair, how did you feel when he went? Did you see him as the angry younger brother? I know, I mean... I wouldn't say that me and him have ever been close. Right. Um, because although we're quite close in age, I would I would say that... Um, not that it's a rivalry, but, you know, I would say it's fair to say that at different points in our lives we've been, been compared to the other one for no real reason. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. And, um, yeah, um, we're, we're very different. Like, you know, he talked earlier about, you know, he sort of fitted in and all the hassles that came with that. But when we moved to Wales, I was... Uh, it'd be the first year of secondary school and I'd missed the first four weeks because at the time we were moving. So I arrive in Wales and I'm dumped in um, the English medium school, which was not the English medium school. Um and Kyle went to the local village school um, and they basically sent him away for six weeks to, to have like a crash course in Welsh because Anglesey's quite a Welsh area. North Wales is quite a Welsh area. Mm. Um, and they're obviously very proud of the heritage and culture and all this sort of stuff. So it was a chance for him to pick up the language. So when he came back to school, he could uh, speak Welsh. I mean, how, what would you say the percentage of people on Anglesey that have speak Welsh it's quite high isn't it it's the second oh, yeah. highest proportion in Wales and then the highest is just over the bridge so this is the highest concentration of Welsh speakers so then I arrive um into my class which is essentially the English class but it was like I just had a good 75% of the kids in there were Welsh speakers or Welsh people who weren't very bright so apologies to any of those now um so they were <laughs> stuck in the English class because it would be easier for them uh, so from day one I was an outsider so that's why I didn't ingratiate myself. Like he says, I do, do have a circle of friends. It took a, a long time. I think uh, personality-wise, I'm near a mum. Mm, and a mum would be happy not seeing somebody for a year. Yeah. And just getting on, you know, and that's just getting on with your business. So I found it really difficult. And I've, you know, I, I'm, what, 44 now, you know, and still live in Wales and everything else. But I have a huge hang-up. Alistair would do something or sort of wind me up and then would be able to run away because he was faster. So he had this he had this habit of being able to get me. So, like, literally I was shaking with rage. Yeah, and I, I, I remember, this is not maybe a great story, but um, the, one of the defining points of, of my childhood was actually catching him. And we were in the <laughs> garden and something had happened where he'd, he'd done something to me and there was a piece of three by two close by. Do you remember this, Ali? I know. I, re- I remember the uh, fire poker. You know, the big, the big did steel I hit, uh, fire. Did you I tried hit... to hit me with it and I had the stool. <laughs> right, right. OK, well, this one, I don't remember that one, to be fair. But um... It's probably because he was that angry. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he'd done something, and he was just, like, goading me, literally sticking his chin out. And I remember I, I just looked over and there was this piece of wood just asking to be picked up. And I picked it up and I swung it and I couldn't have hit it better because I hit him right right on the shins and, and he folded up like a wet wallet. And I just... <laughs> and I remember that that was that was a highlight of my point. Now, to, to say that... Alistair never really bullied me. He, he, I don't think I was kind of scared or intimidated by him because I guess in he was. I always felt that he was angry or short or sharp in a different way. Um, but I don't think we generally fought too much. No, we might have argued, but I don't think we necessarily like fisticuffs or anything like that. No, and I mean, if I think back to school, like I can count on what probably only two fingers. 
you know, physical altercations with other people. It's just not in my nature. I tend to bury things and seethe for a very, very long time, just like my parents, really. <laughs> Hold grudges yeah. for a very long time. For but, me, I have uh, to take, take my shoes and socks off, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. But did, did you did you ever hate each other then? You didn't, I'm guessing. Not properly hate each other. No, but no. no. I, I generally, like I'm saying that, I, d- I don't think I ever hate, hated him. Now, obviously, when I was shaking with rage, you know, what, what, mm. what I would have... Yeah, but that's... Yeah, yeah, but that was literally... And then, and then you know, he would do something that would make me... He would let me come into the granary, you know, and watch, uh, watch part of... Um, Escape from New York on his little on the ad is basically like a, a a hi-fi system with a black and white TV on the top of it. You remember? It was like it was, yeah, two inches wide. See, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Basically, so you know, and, and I guess that was his kind of way of sort of making up or something. You know. If you were upset or frustrated by the by your parents, would you speak to each other about it? Would you no. turn to each other? Okay. We have we have done, yeah. We have yeah. done because so I. Was it used... you against them? Was it no, you against your I don't think so. Sometimes we would be like, you know, what was that about? Because like, um, if he got into trouble, and we were punished, it would be we that was punished, even though I might have not even been there because I was the older brother and should have looked after him, and made sure he didn't get into trouble. So that happened quite a lot. Yeah. Um, right. And then it, it, through that, you just sort of. And it wasn't a case of, oh, you've got me into trouble, so you deserve a kick in as well. It was just a case of, oh, well, here we go again, and then you just get on with it. But, yeah, I mean, there was I think there was resentment there from Ali because of that. And, and to be honest, I think anybody would feel the same. You know, so mm. what he but means I by... I didn't blame you or anything. No, you know, no, I know, but, but you weren't happy about it, and clearly, and I wouldn't be. And, and then, you know, when it's happened a lot, because, you know, we were young kids and they'd be in a bad mood and then decided that we hadn't done something or we hadn't shut a gate or... We hadn't done yeah. this or we hadn't done that. If it was my fault, then, you know, Alistair would also get beaten as well. Yeah. Wow. When Kiri came, did things calm down a bit? I mean, did, did anything change? But Dad never hit me, but was definitely violent with my brothers. Mum, mm. I, I grew up being terrified of Mum because I just knew mm. she's the scary one. I think even Dad's scary because she's just quiet and a psycho. It's a so, quiet rage, right. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. quiet rage. Really? Whereas Dad is like, is like Ky- Kyla and I, and is like, bah, 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 bah. whereas you're mm. like Mum, Ali, and it's like this quiet rage, but when it flips, it's utterly terrifying. So I just remember keeping my head down. I was also just, I think, I didn't know anyone. You went to school with, well, Ali, not so much, but like Kyle went to the local school. So knew everyone so I was just on my own on the farm all the time so there was sort of less opportunity for me to get into trouble and also I was the youngest by a long way I was the only girl I was definitely spoiled I was given a much easier ride in terms of um how much was expected of I still worked a lot around the farm and did stuff but not to the extent we all did but not to the extent that you like Ali was just like an unpaid farm labourer definitely because also and you were as Carl but like because Ali was a bit older and Ali was like freakishly strong as well and fast Mm. so this is a true story they didn't buy a sheep dog because Ali was fast enough to round the sheep up no yeah yes so they sent him around the fields because Ali used to like run for whales and was like incredibly good at short and long long distance in particular but mum would just go like send Ali so he was he was like this this resource basically the, the time of year that was the most stressful because oh. farming is Lumming. something they failing. felt no bailing they failing. fell into yeah so 
what used to ha- what when they lived in Gloucester, my dad worked for um, a famous donkey sanctuary that might be in Devon. And um, nice, uh, yeah. Just in case, um, and he moved to North Wales because he was the Welsh inspector, and he was told he's going to get this whole region. Um, they sold the house that they had um, uh, in Gloucester, and they had enough where they cleared their mortgage they had in Gloucester and were able to buy the house outright on Anglesey and have a small amount left over. And within six weeks of moving there, he was made redundant. So suddenly oh, the main my. breadwinner or source of income yeah. had gone and farming had been a hobby, and I use that in inverted commas, that my mum had taken on. So when she was pregnant um, with my sister, she went to horticultural college and, and was doing stuff like that and then suffered terribly from morning sickness. She's also a stress ed, so never sits exams. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it became this, right, what else are we going to do? Um, and then went into farming. And there's no doubt, Dad had some form of breakdown because of how he was treated. Mm. Um, yeah. And loads of, I mean, yeah, like grew a beard, didn't look after himself for like three or four years, was really depressed. Thankfully, he didn't drink, otherwise he'd probably killed himself. Yeah. Or um, us. Anyway, or yeah. us, yeah. And the most stressful time of the year is bailing. So what ends up happening is you, you grow the grass and it's cut. has to lie on the field for a certain amount of time and it dries out in the sun and it's turned over a few times and then you bale it and you bring it and stack it. If it rains, you have to go back to the start again. And it was always... A, a, you know what British weather's like? Well, the Welsh mm. weather's even worse. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, basically, it was like a, a game of chicken, and Dad would always leave it, like, a week too late. And he'd yeah. cut yeah. it, and then two days later, it'd rain. And then he'd have to, like, wait for a new other few days. He'd be turning and all this sort of stuff. So we'd end up bailing, and we'd use all this antiquated equipment that you see in, like, health and safety videos that kill people. <laughs> um, and he would basically sit on a tractor all day, rolling ciggies... Like yeah, that, smoking all day, tuck, 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 pulls forward. I would be throwing bales onto the trailer while Kyle, Kiri, and my mum were then stacking them. And then we'd stack it probably about five high, wasn't it? This big but, iron. To, to, be honest, to be honest, Ali, the way I remember it was I was on the trailer, you were loading, Dad was doing the ciggies, and then Mum and Kiri were in the van. But it was definitely more than that. It was about seven high. I so thought it was to, really high. So to give an idea, I think Ali, Ali, he was probably five, five, seven, five, eight then. And he was, uh, you know, how old were you, Ali? You must have been like 14, 15. 14. 14. So he, he was having to put a whole bale above his head and then at least throw it another couple of, probably another metre above. So, you know, yeah. and then as he got more and more peed off and more and more frustrated, his <laughs> aim was and, and was to throw him, um, hit me, to hit me off, off the trailer. But yeah, <laughs> uh, but as, as Ali says though, there was basically, with the bailing, you had basically a seven, you, you needed a seven day window to get it all done. And, and honestly, like every single time <laughs> that we brought that last trailer in, Literally, the heavens would open, basically, wouldn't mm. they? This great farming material, but everybody yeah. else is bored with us. <laughs> I like it. The other thing with bales is it scratches you. So when you were sort of oh, getting dressed gosh. at the end of the day, you looked like you'd been slashed with razor blades. There was cuts all over you because you were hoik. You lift it, put it onto your uh, tops of your legs, your, your quads. Yeah, yeah, like you need. There, hoik like it onto yeah. there and then push up from there to throw it up. Basically, a deadlift, guys, is what it is. Yeah. A deadlift, yeah. but then wow. with a throw at the top of it. A and clean they, they, and jerk yeah. at the top. Yeah, yeah. They'd have All to. Day. They'd have to be like thirty kgs, Ali. My memory of a seat, so interesting you say that, hay belling to me was the most fun. It's what I look oh. forward to every year because I, I would wish be... I it all. <laughs> I honestly, like, I thought it was really... Because we'd 
they'd fill the barn full of hay bales, which then we got to make dens in. And I'd be out all day. I, honestly, my happiest times are when I can remember being out with you boys in the fields. It's, uh, and like now when like when we've come over and done stuff together outside, yeah. it's like when I'm at my happiest, when we're just like, right. you know, clearing something. But the worst time for me was this time of year was lambing because it's the dead of winter. They're both, because to pay for my education, they had the farm and then they both got other jobs. So dad was either on the lorries, um, mum was working night shifts in all people's home, or, or dad was doing some other dodgy stuff around the place, bits for the council, gritting, all this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so they were working those two jobs themselves. And then lambing time is one of them has to stay up through the night to make sure none of the sheep get in trouble. Because if a sheep gets in trouble and you know three lambs die, that's a lot of money you've lost. So every, they, they were getting probably about two hours of broken sleep each every day oh, and that, this would go on for weeks and money was tight and I just remember it being uh, one of them would always be on a sofa sleeping because they do shifts and I just remember it being incredibly tense because on top of everything else it's cold and it's grey and it's depressing and they are incredibly sleep deprived and they're not patient people at the best of times it was mm -hmm. I hated lambing time that was what I hated after that incredible all those stories what is your relationship with your parents like now? Hmm. I I think I've got a very different relationship than my brother and sister. I think we all love our parents, um, and that might be an in inverted commas or might not be. Um, I do feel a certain amount of pressure as they all list. Um, uh, I miss the fact that, I mean, everyone's in the same situation, you can't visit your family. Um, yeah, that, that sucks. Yeah, they've moved, and I used to go up and see them um, regularly, like once a month. And now, not being able to do that and help them, and know that you know physically they're not as strong or as as able as they are. And like recently, my mum uh, fell down the stairs, and so she's had shoulder issues, and she still has horses because she's had horses all her life, and you know likes having animals around. It's something to moan about, as does my dad. He moans about the fact that she's got horses. They're just mm -hmm. trying to antagonise each other all the time. Um, you know, and the same with the dogs. I mean, like, taking my dad as another example, he's always like, I hate these bloody animals. And then you'll catch him in the morning, sat on a sofa with a bit of toast in his mouth, just giving it to the dog. Aww. He's so, like, he's... Um, Did you see that with your parents, though? Did you see them being loving with each other I, ever? Yes, yes. OK. It, and it's really weird because you can... We can all remember those moments where you think they're going to kill each other, and then you see those other moments where you're like, "Oh, this can't be the same people," because they would talk about their past and and you know, like the the story they always trot out is when they they basically drove around Europe and got stoned out of Armenia. Um, <laughs> they were they didn't realise they crossed the border. Um, apparently, and with like all these kids were running after the car, and they wouldn't give them any money, so the kids started throwing stones at them. Um, <laughs> see, see, uh, sorry, sorry, Ali, I just want to intercede there a little bit. I mean, I, I do agree that uh, you know they they would sort of wax lyrical about that, but I have to disagree with both of them. I I don't remember seeing any affection between the two of them. Don't you remember occasion like it wouldn't be loads, but like in the kitchen, like one of them would come up and cuddle the other one, yeah. and Dad would be like, ooh, you know, like, sort no, of be, yeah. and we'd be like, ugh, stop it. Yeah, like, no. I do definitely I, remember I, that. I really and they, don't. 
there'd be odd moments of tenderness where they'd be very sweet and have a little cuddle and a kiss. But it would be... Honestly, I felt like they were just too busy to, you know, like, to do much of that. I never saw them hold hands or anything, but I definitely see them, especially in the kitchen, it would usually be like a kiss and a cuddle. See, that's where I remember them arguing the most is in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. I just... just Ewan! Um, yes. Would you just leave it, Ewan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like, I generally... Like, I have uh, quite a different view of that. Like, you know, and it's not... Uh, and I'm not saying that I don't think that they loved each other, but... Kyle, what's your relationship like with them now? Um, I think... Yeah, with mum, a lot better. A lot better. Definitely a lot better. Um uh, the favourite. Uh, <laughs> so, um, for example, when you know a call call up, like my mum is normally uh, answers the phone, and it's like hello, and then like hey mum, yes, it's your son. Oh, hello, kind of thing, you know. Oh. And so yeah. yeah, and dad, um, I think dad likes to chat chat with me about all sorts of stuff. Um, bit of a moan. Um, comes up like he started inventing stories that have happened to me um which is a little bit strange but I, again that might be his age now and the fact that you know never let the truth get in the way of a mediocre story i think um <laughs> so and like alistair i mean um where where they moved again um i was kind of against it but obviously um they have their own decision because they moved so far away from us and and it almost felt like they were isolating themselves, and then it's like, oh well, you don't come to see us, etc. So for a while, I didn't want to go and see them. I have to be honest, but you know, I I I do like to go, like Alistair. I do like to go up there and sort of chop some wood, and I'm, I like you know, I like being able to do that stuff for him. I do generally like to be able to do that stuff for him. Um, so yeah, I think it's better. Um, I do get frustrated with my dad sometimes, um, because he'll ask me to do something. And then I like you know okay dad I'll be stuck on a roof dad could you you know pass me the trowel then, and then it'll just blow up because I've asked him to pass him a trowel, you know so then it, it normally it involves me kind of trying to sort of wind my neck in a little bit get down off off the ladder and then I have a, a quiet but forceful conversation with him, uh, you know about a how he should should talk to me and how he shouldn't talk to me. Um, and, you know, also to remember that, you know, you've asked me to do you a favour and now you're getting upset, you know. So um, I think so the communication between my dad is probably stronger because, you know, in previous times, you know, I, I remember sort of one of the times and maybe 17 or 18, I don't know, I'd gone out for a skinful uh, down the village uh, and uh, come back, etc. And I was talking about something or, or some guy had came over and he'd asked me about electrics and I told him, and then he'd come back a day or so later to thank me because he'd, he'd sorted it out. And then afterwards, Dad was like, oh, you think you're a man now, do you, son? And we're like, I'll show you a man. So, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. I think there there has been a change in our relationship. And now um, he'll ask me for an, uh, advice on something and he'll listen. I proper loved learning about Spooktown lore and, and all that. Quick question, is it Spooktown Town? So would it be called Spooktown Town Centre, or is it Spook Town? I think it's Spooktown Town Centre. Good. <laughs> that is what I want, Spooktown Town Hall. Welcome to Spooktown, returns on Monday 15th of March. New episodes every Monday. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Kiri, what's your, so are you now not afraid of your mum, or are you, what's your relationship? Um, uh, I still think my mum is terrifying. I still think she's hard as f***. 
like she's hard in the like old fashioned sense of it in that she's yeah well into her 70s and yes she has just like broken up she's fallen down the stairs twice in six months but she's still just like when i speak to her she's like oh yeah the the arms mending now so i'm I'm carrying a wheelbarrow like she's just hard and it's Um, stoic yeah really stoic um Mm. she would have been great in a like one of the world wars do you know what i mean she just would have cracked on um but i have a different i i always feel like but then I got a different dad, I think, that you, uh, that the boys are really hard on my dad and really forgiving of my mum because I got, um, I was a teenager at the same time my mum was going through the menopause and, like, we, I'm definitely more like my my dad in terms of personality. So I, I whereas my, like, my dad and I, I have got a lot of time for, although I he winds me up instantly when I'm with him because he likes to antagonise people for his own entertainment. But he's very funny. He's very warm. He's very proud of me and tells me. He constantly Googles me every single night. Um, he is literally like, your oh, stalker. He's literally, yeah. It's, I, I remember a few years ago, he went, oh, I see you're doing a gig on the 8th. I went, no, I'm not. And I, I said, oh, I said, hold on, it rings about. I checked the email, they never confirmed it. They put it on their website and Dad had found it. And he's like, yes, you are, you're performing with so-and-so and so-and-so. And so that's how I found out I was meant to be doing that gig because Dad just Googles yeah. me and reads like to the 19th page of Google about me. Like he's really into it. Um, and and anything I put on Twitter, he reads that as well. He's like, well, don't put the we haven't got planning permission on the barn on Bloody Twitter, like the, the red diesel. He still still yeah. goes on about that. Oh yeah, I made a joke about because he did run his car on red diesel, which is illegal. It's only meant to be used for farm machinery. And I made a joke about it on a television program. He's like, "Oh, you and your bloody big mouth." <laughs> but so I get I get on really well with Dad, and he does he does frustrate me. A lot of his my frustration comes from he can't hear very well. He's quite deaf and won't mm. won't wear the hearing aids he's been given. But we he's very sweet and he's very invested in my career that years ago he used to come and stay with me in Manchester and come spend a week coming to gigs with me which he loved he'd, get, oh, wow. he'd sit at the back and you know we'd, we'd really chat whereas mum has never shown any interest in my career that I'm aware of and the first time it came near to it she was at my brother's wedding and she kept getting me she was like go and speak to your uncle go, her brother go and speak to your uncle this guy met me when I was uh, six weeks old all I know of him is that he wasn't very nice to my nana who was I was close to why would I go and meet this guy she kept going come meet him come and meet him and I and then it got to a point where she asked my partner and my partner came over and was like listen your mum is not going to leave me alone unless you go and have a conversation with him so I was like fine he was like oh your mum says that you're going to do some work in Australia so she was going oh yeah uh, t- tell him about tell him straight that was the first time she showed an interest was to showboat to her brother who I didn't right. want to speak to and I was so right. irritated because she hadn't even got it right I was like no I'm not doing that yeah. but I am touring America with a thing I have made me and my friend Mm. and I was so off with that I was like you're not even interested and then I went Mm. to um, because we live now near where I grew up we got the same vets and I took my dog in and the lovely lady at the vets was like oh you're so-and-so's daughter aren't you and I said yes and she said oh she always comes in she talks about you being on the telly and she you know says that you're gonna be and I was like why she never said that she's never ever ever been like also, all, here's how I know I've been on television, because sometimes you forget the, the dates it goes out. I'll get a message from my mum saying, you look tired. And I'm like, right, what have I been on? But You've can I just say, what's your, so what's your relationship with each other like now? And have you ever had periods where you've not had anything to do with each other? Or Yeah. yeah? Well, 
so as lockdown, Kyle came up and lived with my partner and I during lockdown. And we realised at the end of it, it was the longest we'd lived together since uh, I was nine years old. So, and now I'm, what am I, 34? And the the big thing, I suppose, is something that we've never talked about as well, is that was a, a decade where Kyle didn't speak to me. And then I, there was a... Really? Well, there was a less... The whole why? family, really, yeah. Yeah, but it Slowly was bit by bit because yeah. you was it was it was it was first it was me, then it was mum and dad, and then and then it was eventually everyone. Uh, was it really ten years ago? I thought it was a little bit less. Than it was that, no, like, no, no. It was from when I was nineteen years old to when I was twenty nine. Yeah. Um, so uh, it was it was I guess a series of things. Billy, I guess it started all really it started with mum. Um, I think when she got uh, cancer for the first, for the first time. I remember. You know, um, I, d- I don't know if it's a statement on me or her or whatever, but basically she told everybody about this, including the person that I was living with at the time. So everybody knew about this, but she didn't tell me. And then when I found out about it, I was like, well, you know, don't you think, uh, you know, you told everybody, don't you think I should know? And and her response was, well, you're never here. You know, what's it, it's none of your business. What's it got to do with you? Wow. But she But she didn't think there was anything wrong with telling the person that I live with. That, that you know, so that was kind of the start of it. And at the time, uh, for good or for bad, I, I was like, I basically got really into my rugby. So I started quite late. And after a couple of seasons, I, I, I you know, I was lucky enough to be liked by some guys that sort of played pro and stuff. So I got to tour a lot. And then um, I was playing for a, a, a club. We basically got through to the finals and we were going to play in Twickenham. So, you know, I, I push, I probably would have been benched, but I, I would have caught splinters all day to, to play in Twickenham, right? So, and Kiri was coming down that weekend. And she's sort of, oh, I'm coming down this weekend. Bye bye. Can I stay with you? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, of course you can. Of course you can. So then during the week, um, it was like, oh, you know, everything on? Yeah, 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 I will see you, you know, I'll see you sometime on Friday night, basically. So then, you know, I basically took my name off off the team sheet and then uh, I didn't hear anything from Kiri for that whole week. She, You didn't show up. Um, you didn't sort of let me know why. I got no contact from you for about two or three weeks subsequently. And for me, it was just like, well, this is just why... Uh, my side, obviously, uh, you could say, was like... I put out all this stuff, I kind of, you know, I make these efforts and I don't get anything back. Why am I, why am I doing this? Like, you know, if there's something that isn't helping you in your life or or something that keeps on kind of pushing you sort of back or, or, you know, or is causing, at at the time it just felt like it was just more heartache. And I was like, and I just kind of like, I don't need this anymore. I don't need it or want it in my life anymore. And so I just decided that was it, basically. I just had enough. And that that is literally it. Yeah, I couldn't necessarily say it was a major thing. Like, it wasn't necessarily Kiri's fault or Ali's fault or... or but So you blocked Ali as well? Yeah. You blocked both? Yeah, of them. I Not didn't. straight away. That's no, not, I, hang on, hang not... on, hang on, Kiri. Right? So, um, no, not Alistair straight away. Um, and the reason uh, I, I, I had to do Alistair, I felt I had to do it, is because they were using Alistair as a, a sort of a vessel or a bit of a tool to kind of uh, contact me and sort of dragging him into stuff. And I remember um, having to come back for something and Alistair giving me, you know, a lift back to the station. I don't know if you remember this, Ali. And I remember uh, it was sort of we were talking about something and I, I like and I apologised to him. And I was like, I'm sorry I've put you in this position. 
And Alistair in the way he is, oh, you know, it's all right, don't worry about it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, it's not okay. It's not okay. So Alistair was really almost the last sort of link to um, to them. So I just kind of, it was... It wasn't necessarily uh, to sort of cut Alistair off. It was just basically to so that I didn't have to have, I didn't have to have that contact anymore, basically. And how Alistair and Kiri do you or did you feel about that? Al, uh, well, I'll um, go on my side then because I was obviously the last one to be sort of uh, cut off. And I remember Carl explaining it to me. It's like, oh, it's it's for the best, and you know, uh, it puts you in an awkward position and yada yada yada. So basically, I had then between three and six months of my dad saying, well, what have you said to him for him to cut contact from you? And I'm like, I've not said anything. He's blah, blah, blah. It was always, it just came back as it was my fault for not being involved, not really doing anything. I, I mean, I wasn't like bringing up saying, oh, well, I don't think so, saying, oh, you need to ring mum and dad or anything like that. It was it was almost like, uh, you know, in the war way of someone that, that, that I was Switzerland Hiding the Nazi gold. No, um, I yeah. was uh, just passing information backwards and forwards in as non-confrontational way as possible so that there was still some form of contact going on and um, uh, they'd, they'd tried to drag other people in. They'd tried to drag in your old landlady um, and other stuff had gone on and, yeah, and he just had enough and said, that's it. And then it's generally, I mean, Kiri can either agree or deny to this. I mean, there's there's this period of our lives where he, he wasn't part of the family. And it's not like we went, oh, OK, we'll just put that in a cupboard and forget about it. But it was like, I can remember having a conversation with my sister now and again thinking, you know, are we going to get a knock on the door of the police or something like that? Because we had no contact with him whatsoever. And he just fell off the face of the earth. Um, he doesn't use social media very much. Neither do I, to be fair. Um and you know, and there was no real way of reaching out to him just to make sure he was okay, which is fine because that's the way he wanted to do things, you know. Um, and I, I think, I mean, this is not me throwing him under the bus. I think it's something that comes from our parents uh, that our mental health isn't the best, and I think we tend to push people away that try to help us, and then potentially have people that aren't very helpful um, don't see those warning signs. And think that they're okay. Um, at least I have in my own personal history. Um, so yeah, it was... well, you've been trained to be stoic. You've been trained to be insanely stoic. And Kiri, Kiri? Um, well, my was that was the first time I knew about the Twickenham thing. That's like the, literally the first I knew of it. My perception was I was like eighteen, and I used to go down to London to see friends, and I'd I'd usually stay with Kyle. Sometimes I'd stay with them, but I was I was coming fairly frequently. And then what had actually happened is I knew I was meant to go and see Kyle that week, or, or like the, the week after. And then <laughs> during that week, this is so embarrassing. I had been taking money out of my account, and I was like, Do you know what's amazing about student grants is you just can't get to the bottom of them. And what I was looking is I was looking at the number I was overdrawn by, and not what was in my account. So I was like. I just keep taking money out and getting more money. It's absolutely unreal. Um, so I obviously got to the point where I tried to take a tenner out and they were like, there are insufficient funds. And I was like, shit, I can't afford to... I hadn't bought my train or anything. I could, definitely couldn't afford to go down to London, probably on the piss, which is what I was intending to do. So I spoke to my parents like that night, being like, I have no money in my account. And they were like, what serves you right? And they were like, you meant to be going to see Carla. I went, well, I can't afford to do that now. And then in the meantime, like the next couple of days, they spoke to him. Him, 
And she was like, oh, she's not coming down. And he said, well, she's not said anything to me. And yes, I hadn't, because I was a stupid 18-year-old and I just hadn't got round to doing it. And I also didn't, like, literally said, this is the first time I found out this thing was riding on it. And the next thing I knew was them saying to me, uh, they were like, well, he's really pissed off with you. And then that was it, that we didn't speak for 10 years. And But I was always aware of, although he wasn't around, I don't know if you agree with this, Ali, he was at every Christmas and at every occasion because it would always be like, imagine if Kyle was here. Imagine if your brother was here. Yeah. God, we miss your brother. I wonder what your brother's doing. I hope he's okay. So he was like this spectre at the feast. Constantly. I'm pretty sure it's about the same time. Were you still working um, with the White Wellies? And were you yeah. definitely in a very unhappy relationship? So you were this bundle of anger and exhaustion and so I, I felt like you having to you had literally the world on your shoulders and then this other brother disappears but is still there because all you hear about is your parents talk about how much they wish he was there it was it was really horrible and I remember being in London a couple of years had passed my friend who had met Kyle a few times was like did your brother still live in London I was like I don't know I was like he won't talk to me because I was a bit like I don't know what I've done except I'm mm. to me I just missed an appointment and I was like he's the big brother and they were like just reach out just message him and I was like okay I'll, I'll try and I remember messaging it was I think it was like when I just started doing comedy I remember where I was when I read the reply as well and I said hey big brother I'm coming down to London um, I'm doing some gigs I do comedy now I'd really love to see you but I understand if you're busy I really miss you it'd be great to see you and I got back two words and it was not interested and I oh, was no. oh my god it's so horrible oh, <laughs> oh no that's horrendous that's awful and mm. you've never talked about it together have yeah. you? Carl and Kiri basically I do remember the reply not interested um and I was going to say something else then. Well, sorry, what was it? Well, you were just very, very angry. They got everything. You were just very, very uh, angry. 100%. Um, uh, but, oh, yeah, that was it. So there was there was something else happening at that time as well. There was That was 100% probably the worst possible time that she could have... Uh, could have messaged. Um, I was with uh, with now an ex partner, but basically she would come home and basically tell me, you know, that uh, how how worthless or but uh, I quote uh, that but uh, beneath her that uh, her friends thought I, I I was, and then you know, and then she'd get upset with me because I then didn't want to go and have a meal with these guys um, that I knew already hated me, and you know, sit there while they all did lines of Charlie all night, you know, just totally not my scene um and then so then it kind of developed to that point where she basically started accusing me of uh cheating on her um which like i never had i hadn't done it you know and that was like a real thing in my life where i was like that's the one thing that you know if you could say anything that i haven't done so i was kind of stuck in this uh situation you know i just you know i was sort of getting through my or i'd literally just done finished my degree where I like I loved it I absolutely adored it and then and then she was like yeah but you can't go into what you want to do because then you won't be earning enough money and then I I won't be able to get my degree uh, I won't be able to get my visa and it'll be your fault so I basically spent sort of four years and a lot of money of my own money um basically getting a degree and then having to go that very next day straight back to a building site for about 60, 70 quid a day less than I was on. So it was, it was for me, it was just like, you know, going in reverse, basically. You know, that, that kind of came a, a, around that time. 
Um, but I, I would hang on, sorry, sorry, Kiri. Uh, but I would say, um, Kiri kind of alluded to it earlier. This is kind of, I guess, maybe the sort of first time we've sort of spoken about it. Um, and you know, it's it's obviously still not not the full story. But Kiri's right. A lot of you know things that have happened in our family. You know, like like I didn't know about sort of mum, you know, doing that old pick a piece of jewellery kind of deal and then just coming back like nothing has happened. You know, a lot of our stuff has kind of gone unspoken. The first time she got cancer, I had some friends, this granny that we keep referring to, it's a shed where there's a room upstairs and, and that's where... It's, it's open to the elements and that's what that's uh, that was Ali's bedroom and then when I was older I kitted out the bottom bit as well so I'd always have friends over and we'd, we'd be in the granary and she was like oh when your friends have gone I've got something to tell you and I was like oh just tell me now because I don't know I'll be back and she's like okay fine I've got cancer like and uh, there's like yeah. seven of my mates and I'm 16 yeah. and I was like yeah. right and then so it was just she just never handled things well and then the next time she got it because it came back 10 years later mm. she texted me and said, I've got cancer again. And it was I was about to walk up on stage. I was recording. In fact, it was a radio show that I did for BBC Radio Wales. And I remember I just had to put it in my thing. And I, I'd welled up and this guy was like, are you all right? They're about to call your name. I said, my mum's got cancer again. And I just had to walk out on stage. And the other time she texted me was I just like won the first heat of a new act competition. And I got off stage and I got a text saying, your, your nana's dead. And she did it with one of my aunties as well. She said, this auntie's passed away. And then the next message within the same hour was, do you want any of those shoes? racks that hang over doors and I, I said to mum I said yeah. you have to stop messaging me life-changing news by text message and and yeah. she could I said I said how, I said when she said the cancer thing I said how dare you message me this by text and she said it's my news I'll tell people however I want I said you have to not do this again and she said oh well next time one of them dies it'll be one on ones that you're closer to so I'll probably call then and I was like you must it's not like it, it's yeah, yeah it, but yeah. it's just she just doesn't think she's not very emotionally in tune at all. In light of all that, you three are very close, aren't you? Yeah, I, I think we are. Kyle's been back in our lives, I don't know how many years now, like four or five, maybe. What happened first is you phoned mum and dad. And we're like, hey, it's me after like getting on for a decade. And then dad was phoning me and was like, I can remember being like, guess who phoned me? Guess who phoned me? And I was like, who? And he was like, Kyle. And I was like, right. Because this guy, as far as I'm concerned, I've really reached out and doesn't want anything to do with me. And so straight away I go to Ali and I was like, do you know Kyle's been in touch? And he was like, they were like, yeah, they told me straight away. And then, uh, and then dad's like so excited and he's done this, you know, and he's done this, you know, and he's doing this. And he's, I was like, right, okay. And then you were starting to speak to mum and dad on the phone. And then he said, dad said to me, you know, um, he says it's okay if you want to give him a ring. Um, I've got his number. And I said, you give him my number. And if he wants to speak to me, he can. And then after that, I didn't hear anything. And then dad would be like, have you spoken to your brother yet? Have you spoken to your brother yet? Have you spoken to your brother yet? And I was like, no. And then one day I sent a text and I went, listen, I'm going to be in London doing this thing for work. Are you going to be around? And I remember we met in the... um, prep by Port, Great Portland Street Station and I remember being so frightened uh, because I didn't know what you were. You were, It was 10 years. I knew you were my brother. But I didn't even know what you'd look like and I remember you coming in and I, your accent was different from how I remember. It was way more London and it was just sort of like you were sort of telling me the things you'd done and I was, I was, I was not scared but it's not fear. It's, and I still have it. I feel like I'm 
because you had these things that you definitely take after dad, a physical cloud will come over Kyle and his face almost mm. changes colour with it. Yeah. And he just yeah. gets like this thing hot and you go from being like the guy that, and very social, very like hail fellow well met or whatever the phrase is, mm-hmm. to being this like really quite negative, you know, not angry as in shouting, but there's a, just this thing about you. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I'm forever still now living in fear he's going to come back. And even now with our relationship, because when I was in London, I, I would live with Kyle. Like I was in the spare room and I was working so much in London, I'd be there for months and months and months. And I would mm. always have in my head, he's going to come home, this cloud's going to be over him and he's going to kick you out. And it was always in the back of my head that this wasn't actually a safe place and then it, it did happen it happened a little while ago because you're very like dad and I'm like this as well and that you'll kind of I think cut off your nose to spite your face so you'll be like no no on my terms and and throw everything away and there was a thing that's me Kyle I'm with you yeah yeah <laughs> and you did that and and it was like I got a text message going you've got to find somewhere new to live and at the time I had all my work was in London and I was like I'm just going to have to turn down this job and this job and this job that I've worked so hard to get because there's nowhere I I can't possibly comp, like couch surf I can't afford hotels so I was like oh no but at the same time before that being like shit is my brother okay because he wouldn't do this unless things mm-hmm. weren't okay mm-hmm. and then me being like how long till he stops speaking to me again that's the that's the fear and I this is why I was so worried about doing this and I kept going to you guys you should listen to an episode before we do it because I was like we're gonna have that conversation about us not talking for 10 years and that's gonna be what stops him talking to me again it's always there this thing is this is gonna happen I'm gonna lose him again and and then Ali will have to deal with the emotional fallout from me and mum and dad because he's the one who picks up everything it's like Jack will explain about our relationship, Kath and I. He says it's like, yeah, when we have bust-ups. Remember in the Christmas mm-hmm. podcast, he was saying, what was the term he used? It was winter. I can't remember. can't believe I can't remember. It great anecdote winter. from me here. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why she's that's not a comedian. My, oh, God. Can that, I just say? Ice ages. Ice ages. Ice ages. Yeah. Ice ages. Yes. So my husband, because obviously Kath and I are really close, but we've had a couple of huge, mm. huge rows. And even now, Kath isn't aware that I And I'm like you, could, Kyle. I will close I down. I re- rear up. Any, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. There's a couple of things, and I'm, I live in fear of them. Kath's not even aware. In, well, in no, I, yeah, I've become aware from yeah. doing the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're learning so much. Uh, to be fair, I think that's probably the most difficult thing for, well, certainly myself and Kiri to to talk about because Alistair, yeah. again, you know, stoically sort of sitting there. Um, mm. You know, he's he he was always kind of you know the Malcolm in the middle, whereas you know the issue mm. was really well, I wouldn't necessarily even say it was Kiri's fault. It was nobody's fault. I mean, I like I say, I was in a pretty pretty bad relationship at the time Do you know what i think is interesting from listening to this is that myself i i might be speaking out of turn here ali and kyle early on got in fairly long-term toxic relationships around money where money oh, and wow like yes. i, I think yes. money was a toxic element is that ali maybe i'm speaking on behalf yeah. of you there and that's not right yeah but that's that's I never thought that about it, that. That's interesting. That we all have had this defi- at least one defining relationship where the burden mm. of finance has been heavy and we mm. have gone that's also that's how you show someone I'm bad for it now. That's how you show someone you love them. You give yeah. them the one thing that yeah. doesn't exist which is money, which is like as someone who's newly wealthy is like mm. you said to me the other day Carl you're like why are you buying me stuff? And um, and my truest answer is like it's the easiest way for me to show someone that I love them. Is that mm. this thing that we didn't mm. grow up with? Look at what we it can was have. So powerful. Yes, yeah, but so powerful. powerful. Yeah, powerful. Mm.
And we often don't know. We don't know what the other person's going through. We, mm. I don't know the full mm. story. You mm. don't get the full... We have our only our and own And one day, Alistair is going to blow his shit. Well, this is the He's thing. Is he He does. Like, like Mum does that. See, mm. see, sees. And yeah. the example I have in my head... I remember... Do, do you remember this, Al? Um, there's two... The, root, the house we grew up in, on the bathroom, there's two locks on the door. And the reason why is I kept going downstairs into the living room and going... Ali, 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 winding him up while he's oh. trying to play his computer games. <laughs> really and then annoying. he, and then I would run up the stairs and he would try and grab my legs through the stairs. Great fun, right? And then Ooh. I came, I, so I was running up the stairs and look, going in the bathroom, only door with a lock on, right? Well, on the outside, we used to have them on our bedrooms, but inside, right? So um, mm. ran into the bathroom, locked the door, and he kicked the lock off the door and he stood there with like this vein on the side of his head that he gets when he's angry <laughs> and wild eyes. And I was literally sat on the toilet like, oh my God. Uh, and he just stood there for a second and like just looking at me he obviously knew that I was like shitting myself I just looked at me and then turned away and obviously I didn't do it again but it was just like Ali's got this thing this guy had been a to him winding him up winding him up and then one day Ali snapped and the guy had to have his jewelry wired and he had he knocked teeth out because Ali is hard as like mum but he just is is just he's like like you say stoic and mm-hmm. um, and Ali is still the person who probably over my parents I go to when I need something because dad is great but he is un- so unreliable if I think of dad I think of a lot of things and one of them is, is promises. Uh, <laughs> le- letting me de- fail promises yeah letting me down he will ne- right. mum will see things through she's quite good at that mm. but Ali is the person if I really need if I need to trust someone to get it done I, it was. It'll be Alistair. He and Mum and Dad always said Ali. Kyle was the one you used to play with, and when you wanted comfort, you'd go to Alistair. When you wanted like a cuddle mm. or to be quiet yeah. or to sit, I'd go to Alistair. So that's my. And I don't think that dynamic is necessarily changed that much in that Kyle and I quite social like the same kind of things and like being social and more sort of frivolous stuff and Ali's the the serious one although Ali and I's sense of humor is a carbon copy we love all the same comedy and I got my love of comedy from stuff Ali introduced me to but you're all actually very emotionally open which is really interesting considering you you actually are I know you're looking at... Alistair's looking like... Well, <laughs> funny you should mention emotions because uh, this brings me back to another anecdote about my father. Um, and, like, if we watch... I'm incredibly emotional um, with films. Like, I'm the sort of person that would cry <laughs> watching Neighbours. Um, seriously, <laughs> oh, no, I know there's something terrible. fundamentally wrong with me. I wonder why. Uh, I just want to be hugged. Um, and, like, yes. I can remember E.T. being on TV and, like, I can't watch E.T. because I just break down. And my dad would take the piss out of me showing emotion. Any time I would show That's emotion, awful, yeah. I'd have the piss taken out of me by my dad. And, like, in school, mm, yeah. I always loved art. I loved drawing. And he was like, and we had options um, which you could take stuff. And I was basically, I couldn't take art because that's what girls do. And and like this yeah, really horrible exactly. yeah. masculinity going back. He's so yeah, he's really old fashioned. I would say that I know you're saying that you're emotionally open. Um, I, I don't necessarily know that that's true. I, I think my partner has done a lot of work on me. Mm. And mm. also I think, Ali, is it fair to say, you're, my sister-in-law's incredible and articulate and a feminist and emotionally intelligent and I think will have brought a lot to the table because I, the Ali I have now is not the Ali that I had when you were in previous relationships. I, I'd agree. I'd, I'd agree with that. I mean, I, I think uh, I get on maybe Alistair doesn't feel this, but I get on better with him now than I ever have. Um, I, I don't know whether that's just... Um, I, uh, I have married my cousin, his, in case anyone thinks that most... What's it again? <laughs> I know we're, I know we're Welsh. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, 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 
Uh, I don't. I uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know whether that's all should be credited to my sister-in-law, or whether or whether that's part of uh, doing a job that he likes. Or but I I can you know kind of see it in his face. Uh, and however, I would probably disagree with what you said. That I still think. Um, I'm an SOB when it comes to sort of emotions a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe it's because, you know, I feel, I guess, a bit more comfortable with my brother and my sister here. But, um, you know, I, I haven't really since that relationship. I mean, I, I've obviously dated, etc., but I haven't really been in a, in a long-term relationship since and I probably won't ever be again. You know, so that's probably an indictment of, you know, my openness or lack of it, to be honest with but you. But you are working on it. Yeah, yeah, you're work- You're speaking about it. Not many yeah. people can speak about it. It's people who are really close can't articulate. You are articulating what's in your head. That's quite. That's a really yeah. big step forward. Yeah, I see. But since we've lived together, especially in London, the last few years, I've seen you open up more and more and more and more. And like some of the conversations we're having, especially over lockdown, you were so. Because also, I think the jeopardy is ha- having conversations where you don't always come off as the hero. Not you, the general you, not personally you. Where you go, oh, I did this and I was a piece of shit, or this was not the mm. right way to treat someone, or and those mm. are the big conversations that m- lots of people can't have, and you were having and those don't. things, and they that's huge. That's that is like growth. It yeah. really is. Um, yeah, but but I think the the thing it is with me, I have to be honest, is that yeah, I, I look at that and then I I can't I can't seem to let you know the past was yesterday. You know that whole well, you should take what you've learned from that and move on. Whereas that that still sits right here for me. I can't I can't I can't forgive myself for that stuff basically. But but that's that's the dad in you that is. Yeah. Oh, dad apparently. Used to, he was a big drinker when he was younger, so he's got like one of those hard, weird bellies that you know, like dart, darts players have. But he doesn't actually. The time I've known him, he's pretty much teetotal. But apparently, mum used to say when they were younger and they were together. So this would be when they were first in North Wales. So when the boys were babies, she was like, "Oh God, if your father had gin, he'd just cry and he go, 'I'm a bad father. I'm a bad partner to you. I'm not good enough.' And he would, he would so just get, there. yeah. Well, she was like, he would get, oh, don't give your father gin. He gets more. Lynn on it is it's, it's her favorite catchphrase um if i was like oh do you want a gin and tonic dad um but yeah she the first thing that'll come out is that he thinks he's not good enough i'm not making excuses because i think a lot of their behavior was appalling but i think they were two not very educated people with no money in a very stressful uh, situation trying their hardest who've been raised by absent uh, and inadequate parents and then that coming together but i do remember feeling loved i do remember ha- coming from a house with love I saw you, Kiri, the other night on um, Rod Gilbert's show, and you, I need to know which car did your friend vomit on? Which brother? Alistair's. Uh, yeah, Ali came. Do you remember when Emily yeah. vomited down the side um, and broke the handle <laughs> on the? Was it the 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 window? The yeah, wind yeah. the window down. And, yeah, and you would always come yeah. and pick me up from nights out. Actually, you were amazing. Well, it's, yeah, it's, I think it's the age gap thing. Blokes would be blokes, so I'd rather my sister was home safe. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. But but I remember, because petrol being a huge thing in my childhood, I'd say 
Mum, can I go to so-and-so's party? And she would go, where do they live? And if it wasn't in the surrounding four villages, the answer would be no because of petrol. And I'd have to really pluck up the courage to ask if I could have a lift somewhere. And it would just be a default no. So having Ali around when I was especially a teenager going out on the piss and stuff, and because uh, taxis were so much money, it was about 25 quid back to where, I, you know, the farm we yeah. grew up on, which was a lot of money when you're like 19. Mm. And, and he'd be like, oh, just, just let me know. And it'd be like one or two o'clock in the morning and he'd pick me up and drive me home who's most likely to pull a prank i remember kyle dropping his mm. trousers a lot when we were growing up yeah, for a laugh pulling a lot of movies <laughs> <laughs> is there anything that makes the three of you just cry laughing like an in-joke thing i think we yeah dad i think we make each other laugh loads we are, we know how to push each other's buttons. Like yeah. when we're together, we laugh lots and lots. Yeah. And it's usually about stuff to do with dad because he is, honestly, he's like if Jim Royal had let himself go. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever thought about group count, count having counselling together? Nope. I can't think of no, anything no worse. No chance. I would just no chance. Clear. Yeah, Stoic. Me. Stoic. <laughs> no. Yeah, you're right. This has been a Little Wonder production. Logo artwork from Kathy Mason. Voice from Melanie Walters. Music from Rodri Viney. With special thanks to Beth Forrest, Steve Pickup, Sam Roberts, Henry Widdicombe and Joe Williams. Other podcasts from Little Wonder include Here to Judge and Welcome to Spooktown. Subscribe now on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm always stressed when I'm near you, Kath.